It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. It's awesome to have so many of you out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on solving your e-commerce marketing problems. You can join the chat about all sorts of things e-commerce in our e-commerce Master Plan World Facebook group that you will find via ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. And when you come along to join, please do answer the questions or I'm not going to let you in. Uh, let me introduce you to today's special guest. Andy's story is the owner at Prendus Cyclismo, an online business that sells cycle clothing to customers worldwide. They ship up to 2,000 orders per month with an excellent reputation in the marketplace, over 6,000 positive reviews on Trustpilot. Now, Andy bought the business from his former boss last year and is targeting 10% growth for his first year in charge. Hello, Andy. Hello. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Excellent. Well, I've just given our listeners a quick overview of what you're up to at the moment, um, but how did you end up in e-commerce in the first place? Uh, well, uh, about 14 years ago, uh, I was offered a full-time job here at Prendessa Gizmo uh, by my former boss. Uh, I was working in IT pre- predominantly mm-hmm. before that, uh, mainly from a sysadmin point of view, but also doing some web development as well. And I was kind of stuck where I was and over a beer, uh, it all seemed like a pretty good idea to, to, <laughs> to check in my, uh, my current position and to come and work for Mick at Brenda's here. So when you started at Brenda's, were you, were you on the kind of like the e-commerce side to so the marketing and the product and all of that? Or were you continuing in your, as, it, as in your previous role with more the web dev and the IT systems side of things? Uh, well, it's a really small company. There's only like uh, three, four people here, uh, so we we all get to do a lot of, you know, a lot of different tasks. So it was sometimes picking and packing orders, sometimes creating new web pages, sometimes uh, creating a magazine ad. It's, it's all sorts, really. Oh, cool! And uh, and clearly, no looking back because um, 14 years on, you are you're still there, and you're now the boss. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it doesn't feel like 14 years some days. Uh, some days it does. <laughs> but uh, no, it's a, it's a pretty enjoyable environment and everybody here, you know, hopefully leaves with a smile on their face every day. Um, so, yeah, we just, the, the joy obviously is we're not very big. Uh, where I was working before, it was a huge uh, city council uh, and it just seemed to take forever to mm. get a decision made. There's meetings and red tape. And so that the first day, you know, starting at Prendus was just such a relief, you know, that if you had a good idea, you could just uh, approach the boss, say, this is my idea. And five minutes later, you were doing it. Yeah, I, I remember that when I went from working in the marketing department at Barclays Bank to working for a high street retailer. Um Things things certainly didn't happen as fast there as they would do at a at a business with a you know a, a tight team like the Prendus has got. But, um, no. but yeah, the, it was it was amazing. People actually, you could actually do something that mattered. It's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's you know, it, so it, you, where where I was before, it was certainly you know a cog and a, a rather large organisation. And uh, I mean, obviously, you know, there's plus size to that. There's huge budgets. You know, you could. Uh, 
be involved in some quite interesting projects. But the, the, the downside definitely outweighed the positives as far as I was concerned. Mm. Okay, well, look, let's let's fill in the blanks for the listeners about how your business is right now. So you're in the UK, you're selling worldwide, um, and you're selling cycling clothing. Do you restrict yourselves purely to the clothing? And are we talking kind of high-end performance or taking the kids to the park clothing? Uh, we, I'd, I'd like to think we're sort of somewhere from the middle up, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a really good uh, lean supply chain. So our our products are, you know, easily as good as some of the, the top end items out there. But because we're not paying for sort of a a, a, a you know a fancy sort of building, um, mm-hmm. a number of Maseratis at the front, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know we're, we're we're lean here. You know, it's a it's a, a functional warehouse, um, and basically, you know, yes, we do spend money on marketing. Uh, yes, we do. Spend spend money on website hosting and all the rest of it but you know it, it's, it's all with a view of, of enhancing the service and it's not sort of uh you know we're not adding sort of 30 40 50 percent markup on it on everything just because of you know additional items so cool so uh so very much the for the passionate cyclist who wants to go out in all their light yeah. and all the rest of it, is what we're talking about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, we we tend to customers tend to find us after they've say been cycling seriously for say six months. We're not really. I mean, a good analogy is, is when the Tour de France is on. You know, there's plenty of bikes that get dusted off the out of the shed. <laughs> And, uh, you know, there's people that sort of start cycling again, which is great, you know, and, and that's, that's to be encouraged. But we're probably not a, a newbie sort of first port of call, really, if I'm honest. Um, we tend to get found when people are researching the history of the sport. Uh, it, cycling, for some reason, is, is a is a hobby that people get can get pretty engrossed in really mm-hmm. um and there's a, there's a you know there's a really strong history to it all and people do tend to sort of look back on uh riders of, of the sort of riders who are prominent in the 60s 70s and yeah so so when people are doing those sort of long tail searches for a particular rider of a particular team then because we 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 sort of specialize in selling unique uh retro jerseys Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, so when when people sort of sap and type in, let's say Eddie Merck's Molteni team, then you know we we pop up. Oh, of course, they get all the high tech clothing, but with the look of the retro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, I mean, sometimes people might buy a jersey from us because they had they had it originally um, when they were you know 17 18 they were a medium then and maybe they're not a medium anymore so uh, but surely but that's but, the sizing that's changed not them surely that's the sizing yeah, well, there's, the there's a bit of both there's a bit of both <laughs> but also uh you know we've got people who are completely new to the sport who, who are like you know 20 21 and, and of course they just like the look you know it's nothing to do with you know the, the jersey that their, their dad wore you know <laughs> back in the day cool and um and uh, you've told me that you've recently replatformed onto Shopify Plus. So um, how's that been? Uh, on the whole, excellent. Uh, we went. We were running uh, Magento Community mm-hmm. Edition. Um, we were running 1.9 uh, towards the end. 
and uh, and obviously this is before I'd taken over the business, so I had more more time on my hands than I do now. <laughs> um, and basically, you know, it was just you know patching servers. There was it was pretty buggy to be honest. We had um, numerous sort of changes to the sort of templates that that had been custom made for us, and I was just it was absorbing more and more time. Um, uh, and yeah, we, we th- th- there was also like a a bit of a lack of uh, expertise uh, that that we could sort of tap into. Uh, There's plenty of people who are Magento experts, but they tended to be pretty costly, mm-hmm. and we were just sort of finding it was getting you know more and more costly to run as a platform. Then version two was was announced. Uh, there was no real clear upgrade path for, for yeah. people. Um, from one nine to two, so it was going to be in effect a new build. So we just sat down and thought, well, rather than rebuilding on Magento version two, why don't we see what else is out there? Uh, Shopify was, I it, it, Shopify came to me in a really roundabout way. I bought some Raspberry Pi um, accessories for a little project my son and I were, were doing one from school holidays, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, there was a huge demand at the time for, for the latest version of the, the, the Raspberry Pi. And I I just was looking at a, a, a website and it was running real quick. Um, and yeah, it turned out they were running Shopify. Uh, so so I contacted them directly and uh, thought, well, <laughs> if, if, if their site, you know, can cope with the, the spike in demand that, that was happening at the time, then I figured it would be okay for us. So. Cool. And it, I think it's, I think often, you know, these things come along, the Magento 2 and going, oh my God, we've got a replatform. And yeah. sometimes we kind of get stuck in the tunnel that's right in front of us. And I think it's so important to take a step back and go, actually, hold on, if we've got a replatform, then maybe we should, we should look at other platforms and solve some yeah. of the problems we found. Maybe it's time to reevaluate. And I think, I think you know, like like you say, this happened before you bought, so you had the time to do it properly. And it's like, well, you know, it is worth finding the time for those kind of projects to go. Actually, hold on a second. Let's take a step back and not just disappear down the rabbit hole. Let's work out what, what the best thing is for the business. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think you know, if Magento had have had a clear upgrade path and uh, not exactly, you know. Uh, eight clicks and you're done. But I think if they'd have actually, you know, had some sort of upgrade path available, we'd probably still be on it, if if I'm honest. Probably still struggling a bit with it. Probably mm-hmm. still paying um, uh, third parties, you know, to, to yeah. help us with it. But so it was just, just luck, really. Um, I mean, one thing I would say is that Shopify at the time were running a really good offer in terms of data migration. Mm-hmm. Uh they had a, a partner involved, N Channel, the name was, and basically it was. I'm sure you know, given your background, you you know what a pain data migration is Ooh. for any project. And the the fact that they were saying, well, you know, if you sign up for, I think it was a year and a half, something like that, um, which wasn't really a problem for us. That uh, you know, the data migration was was included in the cost, you know, which was just yeah, it's a, it's a massive headache dealt with, isn't it? it yeah, yeah, and you know, yeah, it, it, you know, it did generate a few problems, but basically, you know, they were really minor compared to had we have had to have uh, done it before. 
you know, sorry, done it on our own. Yeah. So. Cool. And uh, given you're on Shopify, you must have some widgets or plugins that you are in love with. So care to recommend a couple? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure I'm in love with any of them. Um, <laughs> some, of them are some of them are certainly useful. Um, we use uh, we use Zero uh, as, mm-hmm. as our accountancy package. Uh, so we use the Zero plugin to export sales data into Zero, yeah. which which obviously saves us a lot of time. Yeah, um, and sanity, use, uh, I think, as well. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it's not perfect, but it's ninety nine point nine percent of mm. the way there. Uh, so it it certainly deals with the quantity of, of you know data really well. Um, there's a couple of things that we have to do every month in order to make sure that you know it, it's importing the right info, but that's okay. Uh, the uh, Google Shopping feed is is a good one uh, for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't do that many uh, ads really on on Google. Uh, but Google Shopping is, is a strong performer for us, and, and the ROI is, is, you know, clear to see. Uh, we use Mailchimp, so mm-hmm. we use their plugin, and probably the one that, you know, the one that's sort of left of centre really that probably people should look at is is, is one called Parcelify. Uh, it's free, but it enables you to set up like a whole host of rules for your shipping costs. Uh, and obviously, as we we ship worldwide, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's really quite important for us. Uh, so it, can, it, it copes it, with size really, and weight and all such things. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So you can sort of have, you know, like if somebody's in the states and they spent over a hundred pounds, then you know they get free shipping. Uh, whereas if they're in, you know, the United Arab Emirates, they don't. Or you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's really, really, really flexible, um, and it. It's something really that should be brought into Shopify, but it isn't. So, yeah. But at least there's a plugin out there that can do it. That's the main thing. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And uh, you mentioned earlier about your team, that they are um, quite a a close-knit team you've got going on there. So what what are you, I guess, you know, kind of how many people have you got and uh, what, what, if anything, are you outsourcing? Uh, We don't outsource anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, obviously, the production of all our products we do, but mm-hmm. in terms of order fulfillment, um, creating product information on the website, even product photography, uh, we, we do it all here because ultimately, every, everything we sell here, we have to be happy that we would want to use it ourselves. That's the sort of, you know, we all cycle to work. It, we, we're trying to sort of, we're trying to create an authentic voice, really, to the company, and the only way you can do that is if is if you do ride ride the bike. You know, you do use the products that you sell, and, and so it's, it's really important that yeah, we, we we're all sort of. So if there's say a particular product that that people are returning a lot, you know, because the sizing's out, uh, I get to I get to see it, you know, firsthand. So it's not. So when when it comes to reorder, say you know we we might want to up the the bigger sizes on a particular item because it's coming up small or yeah. Cool. Okay, so let's go back to your decision to buy. Um, what mm. what led you to make that big jump from uh, from happy employee, you know, to uh, to becoming the boss? Uh, 
Um, it was it was mainly uh, my you know my former boss. It was mainly his decision, really. He he, he come to a point in life where he he wanted to retire. Um, we there was some. He, he's, he's pretty old school when it comes to uh, keeping the accountant happy. So it was very paper based, and there was some external pressure from both the accountant and the government in order to be a bit more online mm-hmm. in terms of the the accountancy side of the business. And yeah, that that <laughs> that thought filled him with dread, really, if I'm honest. And uh, and it, it, yeah, it, it's perfectly natural to me because you know, I, I, you know, from a IT background, um, you know, if I can develop an iPhone app, I'm sure I can manage to keep the books online. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it was, it was really just the, the, the opportunity was was his decision really, and yeah, I, I, there, there was nobody else. That, that was going to sort of take it on, really. Um, but obviously, it had to be right for both of us. You know, the mm. deal had to be right for him uh, to step away and feel that you know the business was in safe hands. But equally, it had to be an affordable deal that I, I could carry on. And um, as we record, you're six months in. So, mm. first question I have for you is: Are you still happy that you made the decision? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 hard work, you know. Uh, I always knew the first year or two was going to be hard work. Um, basically, it's uh, it's taking on an existing business, but really the the finances, if you like, of the business are, are, is a startup. Um, you know, so you know the the when when we get like an invoice turn up here uh, today, um, which one did turn up unexpected in my inbox today? Uh, yeah, it, it, that's a very different financial proposition to say that you know when, when Mick was running the business, so it it is very different. Um, and and the the first sort of year year or two will probably be harder financially mm. than than I'd like them to be. But yeah, the, these are the breaks. <laughs> but it's but it's a startup with a lot going for it, isn't it? I suppose you're in that startup For mindset, sure. but you've got a good customer list. You've got that great reputation. You've got good suppliers and a team who are ready to deliver. And you know, and you managed to get the um, get the replatforming done before you took over. So, you know, that's a big thing. Yeah, anyway. I mean, there's you know, there, there are you know, there are some things that you know I'd love to get done, um, but you know, there, there might be like a time constraint now. Uh, my time, uh, mm-hmm. there might be a financial constraint, which maybe there wouldn't have been two years ago. Um, but but equally, you know, that we, we've done plenty of things um, for, since first of October that that came up. Um, we we did like a customer survey. Mm-hmm. Uh, around, did, did that throw up some interesting things? Yeah, I mean, there's some right hair brain ideas, you know, that, that it came <laughs> up with. Um, but there's things like, for example, uh, people wanted us to reach. We, we all we've sold. We used to sell cycle helmet, mm-hmm. um, which you know we we'd stop for a variety of reasons. Um, but there was a pretty strong case for reintroducing those, given the, the comments mm-hmm. and the survey which we've done now. Uh, there was a few product suggestions that were kind of gaps in our offering, which which we've done now uh, and are available. So yeah, I mean there were there was there were some things that that, that came up at the customer survey. Some some we're still working on because uh, we're not entirely happy with the where, where we are in terms of prototype stage, and and some it was not appropriate to launch a say a, a winter jacket, you know in. 
to run yeah. up to spring and summer. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, so I mean, it was it was definitely worth doing. Uh, we offered like a little uh, discount uh, voucher for people who, who took the time to do it. Uh, it was only like a four a four question uh, mm-hmm. survey, all open ended, which was a pain, you know, to, yeah. to correlate, if I'm honest. Uh, but thankfully, my wife volunteered because she has more <laughs> patience than I. And um, But basically, I, I didn't want to lead people, you know, it, obviously, it would have been easy to have four questions, four answers for each question, and that statistically would have been a lot easier to, to, to look at at the end. But I didn't want to sort of lead people down, you know, yeah. The answers that I wanted, I wanted their answers. So the only way to do that was open-ended questions, unfortunately. Well, the thing is, there is a time for um, closed questions, you know, set of tick boxes and all the rest of it. But there's also a time for just just going, what do you want? You know, and, mm. and, and letting those open answers come back to you. So then you can, yes, it takes quite a lot of work to work your way through it, but you get much more honest results, I think, than people trying to pick from something you're trying to force them into. I think it's, um, I think I'm quite impressed you've done that because I think a lot of people would have taken over and they would have had such a long list of things they wanted to change that the point of view of the customer could have got left way behind. And I'm I'm very impressed that you, you know, one of the first things you've done is actually go out to the customers and go, what do you want? Because I, I, don't, I don't know that everybody would have that foresight to do it. Well, to me, it just seemed obvious, really. Um, I just, yeah, I, I'm always sort of, I, I think one of, the, one of the pluses from sort of coming from an IT background and, you know, things like, you know, when I was very in very very early days, you know, I, I would sort of get, um, you know, my code reviewed by colleagues, and you know, obviously that when you're first starting out, that can be quite uh, quite soul destroying, really. And um, it, you know, that whole sort of you know review process mm. uh, to me seems sort of quite natural, really. Uh, but but maybe other people it doesn't. Um, I think other people, it probably doesn't, but hey, we've got to hold on to those differences because they're often what gets us the greatest success. So, so yeah. Andy, you're six months in. What's the most awesome thing about the business right now? Um, I'd say probably, you know, uh, and it's still the same as it was before. And, you know, our customers' loyalty to us is, is quite incredible. Um, the obviously you know everybody can see the, the reviews on Trustpilot, which is great because it's like a neutral platform. So hopefully, when when people see that, they know we haven't made them up, you know, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Um, but but you know, basically, we're we're kind of aiming, and we're not that far away from you know fifty percent re- repeat business, you know, from wow. our orders. So uh, that you know, we're only like a couple of percent away from that, and uh, you know it. It is a mega stat, and it's something that you know we hope to continue. But equally, you know, we've got to try and grow the customer base so that you know if existing customers have got drawers full of our <laughs> you know, at some point, you know, we've got to have some new customers out there, and 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 that's something that um, yeah we're sort of working on really is is trying to grow the customer base. We traditionally, we, we used to do magazine adverts, but we found more and more and more that they just weren't working. Um, around Christmas, we put like an exclusive promo code in, in a particular magazine, uh, Pro Cycling Magazine. Uh, it's a great magazine. 
it's it's a magazine that I really like personally. It's a magazine we we've uh, advertised in since issue one. I think I forget what issue number they're up to now, but it is in the sort of the hundred and fifty mark. So yeah. you know they've been going a while. And and the promo code was was good. You know it was a good mm-hmm. it was a good offer. And the minimum spend was quite low. So really, you know it. It should have, but it didn't. You know, uh, a handful of people used the promo code, um, and, and bearing in mind it's, it's tens of thousands of people that read the magazine, mm-hmm. and and for me that was just it. Just proved, you know, again, you know, I need I need I need facts, you know, facts and figures to back up my feelings sometimes, and it, it just proved that magazine ads weren't really working for us anymore. Not, certainly not not like they were 10 years ago. And they're kind of the enemy. I've, I, I have a lot of time for off-the-page advertising, you know, for, for driving business that way, and it can be highly successful. But it's also, it's not very dynamic. You know, it's not like you can put some Google ads up there and spend 100 quid and learn something. You generally have to commit quite a lot more than £100, and it's a one-hit. Yeah. There's not the optimization yeah. perspective. So I think there's that against it as well. So if it's not a great success you kind of look at the money you spent on it and go oh god we could have what other things could we have tested for that but i think yeah i mean the, one of the problems is is obviously if people who sell magazine adverts they'll tell you oh well, it's all about brand awareness and all this sort of mm-hmm. stuff and oh that's immeasurable and uh, but they're gonna say that <laughs> 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 you know they're, they're in the business of selling magazine ads um but you know we, we've done some experiments with like facebook advertising um, you know, real short term, over mm-hmm. a week, uh, over two weeks. And I mean... And the response I, I'm, has I'm been taught... better from the magazines, but yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the response rates have been pretty good, to be honest. Um, I mean, I'm not, not really a fan of Facebook as a platform, personally. So again, I sort of bit bit reticent in, in sort of throwing too much money at it because I... You know, it's not something that I necessarily respond to. Um, but we, uh, reasonably relevant as, as it's a podcast that we're talking on here, uh, we had the opportunity to sponsor a, a cycling news uh, podcast. For oh, the cool! Year, How did that uh, go? Which, yeah, I mean, it's still it's still going. Um, so they started. Um, they, they they've been going for a couple of years, but to be honest, they hadn't really committed. Uh, mm-hmm. fully to, to the concept but this year with some not just us uh, uh, Pinarello and a few other brands have, have stepped up to sponsor the, the podcast the Cycling News podcast and yeah that's been pretty good I think um, we, we've done not only the podcast you know we've done some like competitions in association with it and yeah it's, it's different you know it's still expensive uh, just like magazine ads but Basically, there's yeah, there's some really promising results so far from that. Excellent. Well, after that top tip, I think it's time we go into the top tips round. And I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Andy, first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Um, well, if I had to take a Friday off, of course, I'd, I'd go out on my bike and probably not read a book. <laughs> but, just clear the uh, head. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the, the book I've just started um, is called Lost and Founder. 
Um, it, it's by Ran Fishkin. Um, he started moz.com, um, which is an SEO tool, which, which we've been using here for about three years. And, uh, it's about his, it's not really about SEO and, you know, whether he should have H1 tags on a page and things like that. It's about his journey from, you know, being a startup to being a 45, uh, million dollar business. Um, so yeah, so that, I've just started it. I'm three chapters in. So I'd recommend that one. Well, I'm a big Rand fan and I hadn't known he'd done that. That's that's me straight after this recording onto Amazon to grab myself a copy of that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, well, it's, it's not too expensive, obviously, you know, cool. thanks thank, to Amazon. Thank you for that tip. Um, the traffic top tip then, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Well, you know, social media is real, you know, real uh, exciting, sexy, everybody, uh, everybody raves about it. But if the stats don't lie, and, e- and email, you know, emailing your customers is, is so much more efficient and, and results in so many more orders. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. That, that's, that would be my tip. Yep, then I, I know. I, it amazes me how many people aren't doing, I don't send emails still. So anyone listening who's not sending emails, send an email, make some money. Yeah, particularly with, you know, something, a tool like MailChimp, you know, the, 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 the entry cost, I mean, it's free, you know, up to a certain number of subscribers. So it's not going to cost you anything. And they have some really good templates. They have a great knowledge base uh, online. Um, they have some amazing tools that you can, you can access to, to test out. You can do like A-B split testing for emails. So, you know, it... Yeah. Something like Mailchimp, it, and yeah, there, you know, there, there are some bigger, you know, more complex systems out there that obviously cost more money. But for, for yeah, I, want to sound, I sound like a Mailchimp uh, <laughs> executive, but for the money, you know, it, it it does offer like incredible value for money. Indeed, it does. Okay, the tool top tip: maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Uh, we we use Buffer for our social media uh, scheduled tweets uh, and now Instagram posts. Um, it, yeah, it's really good. It's around fifty. Uh, we, we pay around fifty bucks a month, and it, it's well worth it. Because uh, obviously at the weekends we we don't work at the weekends, but we still like to send out uh, news and information and about our products, and so so Buffer allows us to do that. Okay, and then the growth top tip: if you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from one hundred orders a month to a thousand, what would be your number one tip for them? Try and sell something that's unique. It, there's, you know, the. the <laughs> With with online, uh, Amazon, eBay, all, all these other marketplaces, you know, it's a really crowded marketplace. It doesn't matter what you're selling, whether it's cans of baked beans, cycling jerseys, you know, boxes of cereal. You've got to try and sell something that's unique because other, otherwise it's just, you know, it's just a price war, basically. And as a small business, you will not win a price war against somebody like Amazon. Okay, Masterplan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you will see a link to this show. Now, Andy, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? 
Uh, yeah, sure. So we're on www.prendus.co.uk. Uh, we use Twitter, where we're at Prendas, uh, and we also use Instagram, where we're at Prendus Eclismo. Excellent. I believe you've got an offer for any of our cycling listeners as well. I have, yeah. If you type in master plan uh, when you're at the checkout stage, it will give you a 10% discount. Very nice. Thank you very much. Well, we will add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Andy, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been fascinating learning about how you've taken over and your plans for, for improving things over the coming years. I wish you all the best and the greatest of success. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. Yet another fascinating story on the podcast there. I love how um, how Andy's taken the opportunity of taking over the business and is really running with it. And the, you know, the beauty of going out to the customers and letting that give him his growth to-do list, I think is just brilliant. Uh, lots of great bits and pieces in there. Let me know what you think about it all in the Facebook group, the e-commerce master plan world Facebook group, because I love chatting to you guys in there. And um, basically have a great week keep optimizing thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com